0: Today's show is brought to you by the ridiculously comfortable Casper mattresses. Get $50 off any mattress purchase at caspertrial.com slash profit. Now let's get profitable.
1: This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg.
0: Hey there Profiteers, Eric here with episode number 77 of the Personal Profitability Podcast. Now today we're going to talk about something that is focused at entrepreneurs, but really any of us can learn and profit from it, and that is being as efficient as possible with your money. Now, something in my career when I was back in gray cubicle land, I focused on being as efficient as possible, and that led me to some great success in my career. It led to some promotions, to some good job opportunities, and that was just by doing some tweaks in how I ran spreadsheets and and database queries and other processes. But if you take those same concepts business use to make their You know, employees and their process is more efficient and apply that to your money, you can have these great results. And that is what today's guest, Garrett Gunderson, is here to talk about. So I'm not going to steal Garrett's thunder. We're going to get into some really cool things. He has a five-part framework we get into partway through the interview with serious tactical tips that each one of us can use to improve our personal finances each month. So we're going to dive into that in just one minute after this. We talk about investing a lot on this show, but if there's one place people don't invest enough, it's their sleep. We spend about a third of our life in bed, and yet we have pillows and mattresses that aren't optimal. You've already probably heard about the Casper mattress if you listen to podcasts like I do but I wasn't ready to put the money in and buy a mattress just yet. So I bought the Casper pillow and I have to say, I love it. It's the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. and gives me a great night's sleep. If you want to try out the Casper pillow or even get $50 towards any mattress purchase at casper.com, head to caspertrial.com profit. That's caspertrial.com profit. This is one investment you won't regret. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I am here with Garrett Gunderson, who has an awesome background helping entrepreneurs deal with their personal finances and improve their own money. Let's dive in and get to the fun stuff. Garrett, are you ready to get profitable?
1: I am, man. It ain't what you make, it's what you keep. So profit is the right word for sure.
0: Heck yeah. I actually had a job many moons ago. I was the director of the three stores at my Boy Scout camp. I worked at the staff there for seven summers, and one summer I was in charge of the stores. And I was given a revenue goal, which I blew out of the water. And at the end of the summer, midway through the summer, my boss said, "We well, you know, we're spending a lot more than we've ever spent before." I said, "Well, you didn't give me a profit goal; you <laughs> right. gave me a revenue goal, and I hit it every single week except for one. So that was like a ninety-something percent hit rate. But you know, it's an important thing. You know, think don't just think about the money you bring in; think about the money you get to keep because yep. you know, that's what it's all about. One's so,
1: bragging rights, and the other one is actually uh, life, lifestyle, spending, and every other important rights." Right. Totally. Like, revenue is cool to talk about, but profit actually is the spendable cash.
0: Exactly. how did you get into this industry and what took you down the path to helping people like specifically entrepreneurs with their money?
1: I had a business when I was fifteen detailing and washing cars. And I won five thousand dollars as a teenager for being the young entrepreneur of the year, and I wanted to invest that money. Uh, mainly because I want to get out of the small coal mining town I was living in. And I wanted, to, I thought it, if I could become a millionaire, it would mean I was a, a success. And so, in looking at where to invest that money, I got a lot of different information, a lot of bad information, a lot of like, you know, biased information because I wasn't really talking to professionals. And that actually led to me getting offered an internship when I was 19 years old and that internship should have been just called bring your family and friends so we could sell them mutual funds and life insurance but it was called an internship which got me involved in this personal finance world and then when the market started to go down in the year 2000 instead of just giving the excuse of it's on sale or you are know for the long haul i started asking different questions like is everybody losing right now are there guaranteed ways to make money you're not even allowed to use the word guarantee in finance i don't think but no, i said it to myself the right? uh,
0: All of those compliance and legal people say there are no guarantees in the markets.
1: (laughs) And and so that's when I started to go somewhere every single month from the time I was still in school uh, my senior year until a year and two months afterwards. I went somewhere every month, flew and met with the best financial minds I could secure meetings with or went to financial events. And uh, when I was 22 years old, I walked into a family office. And a family office was for people worth $50 or more. And they had all the financial professionals, attorneys, accountants, investment advisors, people with fiduciary responsibility on behalf of this client analyzing everything. And what I really figured out was they were really, really good with tax. And that was an immediate return for people if you could get money and not overpay the government. Then I found out this process called cash flow optimization, which was another big place where it could put a lot of money in people's pocket without having to take risk or scrimp or budget. Then I looked at a lot of hidden fees and dead weight in the investment world with fees, commissions, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then insurances, there was a lot of improper structure, therefore duplicate coverages and costs. And so I, instead of becoming a money manager, I really dedicated my life to becoming an efficiency expert so I could put more money in people's lives without them having to cut back, sacrifice or delay. That seems to be a lot more fun for them and for me.
0: I love that. You know, One thing I always remind people, you can only budget so much. There's only so much you can save, but you can earn forever, and there's no limit to what you can earn.
1: We all hear about living within our means, but you can do that in three ways. One is budget, which if you're a train wreck, that's probably a good idea. The second is to be efficient, which I just gave four areas of efficiency, the IRS, interest rates, Insurance and investments—that's four I's where you can get money back a lot of times. But the third way is exactly what you said: expand your means. That's the game changer.
0: You know, one thing you talk about in your your presentations and at your website, you talk about building sustainable wealth. You know, sustainability—it's obviously a hot word in the last decade or so, but often focused towards the environment. You know, sustainability, is something. I look at in my finances every day because, you know, sure, it's great to you know make $1,000 today, but wouldn't it be great to make money again and again so you don't have to worry or save money again and again? So what are your favorite approaches for someone starting out with their money or who has an idea of how to manage their money but isn't you know the, the expert that you are? How would you ex- suggest they get started in finding opportunities for sustainability in their own money?
1: All right, so there's really like a five-part framework that we could focus on here. And it really begins with, as you kind of alluded to, recurring revenue. You know, in the old days, it was all about brawn. And brawn is like you do an activity, you get paid, and then it's done. But we're in the world of brains today, and you get paid for thinking and for value. And if you can have that value happen ongoing... Then you're going to have a really distinct advantage. So even in investing, rather than thinking about accumulation and scrimping and waiting for 30 years for compound interest to really work out, what if you focused on cash flow to create economic independence? Economic independence is a state where you have enough recurring revenue. And I'm not using the term passive income because it's not totally passive. I mean, there may be some mailbox money with royalties and stuff, but usually we have to manage, maintain, and monitor to keep money going, and that's part of the sustainability model. But economic independence is a place where you have enough recurring revenue to cover your basic lifestyle expenses. Do that through two ways. Number one is investment income. Think cash flow investing first. And then number two would be entrepreneurial income, which is income that comes in even if you don't show up to an office or even open up the door to your office at home if that's where you're officing. That creates this kind of recurring revenue. So just that shift in focus. Now, the five ways to do that is number one, keep more of what you make. We've talked about efficiency already. Number two is identify your economic independence number. I call it strategically engineering wealth, and then reverse engineer what is the plan to get there. And a lot of times, even if you don't have a lot of resources, you can become more resourceful. If you have retirement plans, you can turn cash flow on in those. Even if you're before 59 and a half, Without penalty through a distribution called a 72T distribution. I've had situations where I've used my wife's credit to finance things and people pay her as the bank rather than paying the bank because maybe they have, for whatever reason, too many loans on their credit because they're a business owner or a more complicated situation because they don't have a consistent W 2 income and that provided income. Like there's ways to be resourceful, but looking at your existing assets, find out, you know, is there ways to build a foundation, which is, do you have any, all the duplicate coverages or are the things working together, then build out safety measures because sustainability requires safety. And a lot of people haven't thought about, they're going to be in store in the future for financial surprises. What can they do to mitigate or manage that risk now, which could be everything from downside protection on their investments, like a trailing stop loss would be one strategy for that or adding collateral, right? Or, adding personal guarantee, like there's a lot of things that banks do to make sure to to protect their money that individuals forget to do. So those safety measures are critical, like setting up the right corporation or, you know, having enough liquidity is a huge safety measure that creates sustainability. And then the third thing is you focus on growth inside of strategically engineering wealth, but growth from a standpoint of focus instead of diversification, so, building wealth comes from focus and your investor DNA. What things are you really knowledgeable about or good at? Only investing in those and forgetting the things that you're not good about or don't know about because diversification is a strategy for preservation, not for growth. And so, that's the second piece. So, first was keep more of what you make, second was strategically engineer wealth, third is accelerate your investment income, find any untapped resource. Any lazy asset that doesn't produce cash flow, turn that cash flow on to help economic independence. Then number four is scale business revenue. Find ways that you could expose your skills to more people or more deeply impact the people you're serving, whether you're an entrepreneur and you can do that through giving up the lesser things and through delegation or hiring out or just stop doing those in your business to do the things that are very best. It's like climbing a ladder against a building. You have to let go of one rung to, to grab a higher rung. You can't hold on to the one you're currently holding on. Otherwise, it's going to be strained and too many people do too many things. And then the fifth thing is what I would call make it count. Treat yourself as your greatest asset. Invest in yourself and really figure out something other than just money as a scorecard, which could be rest, relaxation, rejuvenation, recreation, find things that help you to give the best you have, create the right situation for creativity. But if you do those five things, it's going to be a much more sustainable model than the high risk equals high return of the long haul or the accumulation philosophy that a lot of people have been doing with the buy, hold and pray in the stock market. The stock market may or may not be the right thing for you based upon your investor DNA.
0: I love how you talk about taking advantage of the things you know most about. We've had a few guests recently. We've talked about real estate investing, especially some of those smaller entry-level points like uh, you know, $40,000 turnkey homes and low-income areas or trailer park home investing. Uh, we'll have some links back to those in the show notes. But you know, for you, when you're talking to someone, do you think something like the stock market is generally better, real estate is generally better, or how should someone decide between the two?
1: This is the formula. If you want more money, I will call that financial capital. There's two more precious forms of capital that drive financial capital. The first one is your mental capital. Knowledge, wisdom, tools, information, Like that's mental capital. And if you invest in something without the mental capital, it's risk. Because risk is chance of loss. The less you know what's going on, the higher your chance of loss. Then you multiply that by your relationship capital. Networks, organizations, mentors, customers, friends, family. And so when I look at an investment, I have to ask number 1, what's my mental capital in relationship to the investment? And number 2, what relationship capital do I have? You know, I was talking to Robert Kiyosaki and our conversation was around real estate and he's like, I don't really just recommend real estate like I used to because I told someone in New Mexico to do real estate, they went out and bought properties that weren't really good properties to buy and then they were blaming me. Right? It's because risk isn't in the investment, risk is in the investor. And if you're going to dabble in real estate, you might get your butt kicked. Maybe a lot of financial leverage without the right mental and relationship capital. Like Kiyosaki's got at least a million people in his database. Most of them have interest in real estate. So he has a different exit strategy than someone else. If there's someone that knows how to do a fractionalized ownership or a lease option or buy on auction or sell on auction, they have more investor DNA involved with the mental capital involved with that real estate. So real estate's a great investment for people that treat it as a business and that really have a passion and a knowledge for it. And they dive in and become a real investor. It's a horrifically bad experience for someone that goes, oh, everybody's doing real estate. I'm going to do real estate. Not all real estate's created equal. Some people get their lunch eaten because they get someone in there that isn't a good renter and is a squatter. They didn't have uh, checkups they you know, on their credit or on their past history. And now all of a sudden they're pulling out copper wire. They're like, I, I mean, I've got so many horrifically bad stories in real estate, I would just say this out of the, everyone that does real estate, maybe three out of 10 really belong there. Seven people are just waiting to give their money away because they didn't treat it like a business. When it comes to the stock market, I think that most people are going to be let down on their performance because they have no exit strategy. They don't have any idea why it would work out or not work out. They don't, you know, they're just buying based upon speculation, maybe, or on a tip or whatever. They, Once again, they're not, they're not taking personal responsibility. So there's just too much risk in that. To me, when people get in mutual funds, that's typically because they just don't know what they're doing and they're handing it over, hoping that something will work out. And it might grow over time, but it probably not as much as they've been hyped up to believe so. So to me, paying off high interest rate loans might make sense for the uninformed investor, where the informed investor, maybe borrowing isn't as bad of a thing. It really comes down to the individual. And I think that if we just follow guru based advice that everybody should do tax liens because they're great or, hey, here's a great program for options trading. Well, those might not be the right thing for the individual and might bring in way more risk than they need.
0: It's so a very good point. Now, I know you've shared the stage with some very cool people. You mentioned Robert Kiyosaki, and in the past, you've met the Dalai Lama, Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington. Of all of the you know celebrities that most people have heard of, who was the most fun to present with?
1: The most fun to present with the Dalai Lama definitely was because he just laughs a lot and is really chill, and just the energy with him in the room, people were so ecstatic and excited. But that event where I spoke at with him, there was also a bunch of other people like FW DeClerc, and it was called Engage Today. I was scared because I'm looking down in the crowd. There's Stephen Covey sitting there. There's, you know, all these other people <laughs> I've been reading and studying from for quite some time. He was really, really, really cool. And even I wouldn't say Richard Branson's a great presenter by any means, but he's just definitely an adventurous person. So uh, when he shows up, people just freak out right? Like <laughs> even before he's spoken a word. So I've presented on, on stage with him about three times now. That's been kind of fun, but there's just so many good people like that. I, like I like when I go and I can learn from him. Like I always learn a lot when Brendan Bouchard presents at the events where I'm presenting at. like he's just, he's just a big deliverer of value. But probably if I had to narrow it down to just one person, I've now shared the stage with him multiple times. And the first time I did was at MIT and I discounted when he said what he did, but Bo Eason, I brought him in to actually speak at one of my events. He had to come back three times because the standing ovation was so loud. And people <laughs> loved what he did so much because he had he had done this play, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times called Run of the Litter. And uh, he's just a phenomenal speaker.
0: You know, I actually almost got to meet the Dalai Lama once. I, was at a, I did a semester at Hebrew University, and I had a friend who met him in the hall. And had I been like 60 seconds later to class, I would have met him. So I was so bummed I missed him. But now I'm inspired. I got to go find a way to see the Dalai Lama speak. Anyway, thank you so much for joining. This has been very educational and useful. If people want to learn more about you, what you do, want to connect, where should they go?
1: I'll give them a couple things. They can go to wealthfactory.com just to navigate. If they want to get some really cool resources, they go to wealthfactory.com forward slash megakit meaning they could get access to my books, they can get access to the cash flow Guide for Entrepreneurs, they can get my due diligence scorecard, which is completely different than the risk tolerance nonsense that, uh, that I've seen out there that I've kind of developed over the years that this, these two guys, KJ and Andy, said when they went through it, oh, this would have been worth millions if we would have had it years ago. Probably the number one thing where people are like, but I had this a decade ago, I'd have seven figures more in my life or six figures more in my life or tens of thousands of dollars. So that'll just give them like great resources every month for the next seven months that are just building a relationship and everything. Or if they want more immediate access to my brand new book, what would the Rockefellers do? They can go to 44222 as far as texting 44222 and put the word wealthier in the subject line. 44222, wealthier in the subject line. And that'll kick them off those uh, download of that book. Would love to get the resources in people's hands. I want to see 1 million entrepreneurs to economic independence and whether that is them working with us directly or just using our resources doesn't matter to me. I just would love to uh, see that happen before I hit the grave.
0: Awesome, I love that. And I will have all of those resources for you in the show notes, listeners. So if you missed any of that, don't worry. You can always head to personalprofitability.com and find all that. So thank you so much, Garrett, for taking the time to chat with us today. It's been a lot of fun and very educational.
1: Hey, thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Good to speak with like-minded people and uh, loved how you said like right out the gate just keep earning more like continue to look at how you can make more there's an unlimited amount of that versus a limited amount of budgeting well well said
0: awesome well thank you and go do that everyone go earn more and we will talk to you later have a good one well there is another one down ladies and gentlemen you know thank you always and again for listening and being a part of this personal profitability community if you're not already there make sure to go to personalprofitability.com. you can sign up for the email list there i have a free book that i give away to you an ebook guide that i created called the personal profitability playbook or you could head to personal profitability.com bootcamp and it's not like a military boot camp it is a financial boot camp you get one email every day for a week it doesn't cost you a cent and each email has a link to a video they're about 10 minutes long of me helping you break into the first personal profitability concepts to get yourself on the way to better managing your money and maybe even making a little bit more on the side so thank you so much for listening to the end thank you garrett thank you to my editor jennifer longworth and va melissa berry for all they do and thank you to the community for supporting the show for leaving a rating for sharing it with a friend and all that other good stuff so thanks again for sticking around and until next time stay profitable you